So this is the Dr. Harold Miniature and Collectibles paid read. Is that what we're calling it? Okay, here we go. Dr. Harold, noted professor of collectibles with a PhD in Funko, has gathered the best of the best collections and collectibles in one online store. For the collector, Dr. Harold has action figures from McFarlane, Mezco, NECA, Marvel, DC, Bandai, and Ninja Turtles, plus Pokemon cards, retro toys, Dragon Ball Z, G.I. Joe, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Power Rangers, Strange Things, Rick and Morty, Transformers, Magic the Gathering, John Wick, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, <gasps> Oh boy, that's a lot. Also, board games, card games, and for those mystically inclined, tarot cards. DrHerald.MyShopify.com That's DrHerald.MyShopify.com Dr. Harold played varsity for the University of Retail Therapy, so he knows what sports fans want. Bobbleheads, panini baseball cards, and collectibles for the NFL, the NBA, and the soccer leagues. Just, just go now. DrHerald.MyShopify.com DrHerald.MyShopify.com You're going to love that new stuff is added all the time. So the treasure hunt for you can continue. Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles online. DrHerald.MyShopify.com Gibson of the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Our three friends, Speed Gibson, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap, have at last arrived in Hong Kong, China, the end of the long hop aboard the China Clipper from Alameda, California. They are determined to capture the octopus. The only clue they have as to his Hong Kong headquarters is a barely legible map which Marsha Winfield gave them and which her brother sent her just before his mysterious disappearance in connection with the octopus. Just before the Clipper landed... Clint received an insolent welcoming wire from his enemy, and he can hardly wait to tell this to Barney, who is flying a special bullet monoplane the boys confiscated from an octopus spy on Wake Island. After their passports have been visaed and everything is in order, our friends make their way along the crowded dock, with little Gene Kingsley and Speed all eyes as they step on Chinese soil for the first time. Boy, what a place. What smell? Different from anything I ever smelled before. <laughs> You'll find most everything different from anything you've ever experienced before, Jean. This is China, the Far East. Oh, I like it, Clint. But I just sort of have to get used to it. Hey, look, here comes Barney. <laughs> a welcoming committee of one again. Jean's father intended meeting us, too. I wonder where he is. Hello, everybody. What kept you so long? I could have landed my crate an hour ago, but I had some fun stunting waiting for you. Uh, the way you were scooting along the skyways after we took off in Manila, I'm surprised you're not in Paris, by this time. What was your hurry? I've been hurrying ever since we left Alameda. Either chasing octopus spies or being chased. Why should I slow down now? 
And boy, that little ship can beat anything in the air. She's got everything. Power, speed... And a very bad reputation. Don't forget that. Have you tended to your passport yet? Sure. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't. These British fellas are mighty careful about who lands here and why. But, of course, my international secret police credentials fix me up proper. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of papers, look at this. What's that, a telegram? Yeah, a welcome from the octopus. Yeah, yeah what? Of all the ner- Hey, hey, let's get Gene to a dad quick so as we can start on our real business of tracking that guy down. Oh, well, now that you've told everyone within earshot just why we're here... Let's go see about our luggage. Oh, I hope Dr. Kingsley's waiting up there, too. He probably will be. You know, the clipper landed ten minutes early, Marsha. Possibly he didn't know about that. Gee, look at the rickshaws up there waiting for us. <laughs> Just like the taxis at home. Oh, can we ride in one of those, Marsha? They look like they'd be lots of fun. Well, we'll see, Jean, honey. Oh, here comes your father now. Yes. Daddy, Daddy, here we are. Who's that with him, the Chinese? Yeah, how should we know? Jean, oh, well, darling. My darling baby, how are you? Oh, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, I'm so glad to be with you again. But Marsha took awful good care of me. I'm sure of that. Well, welcome to Hong Kong, Miss Winfield. Oh, thank you, Dr. Kingsley. And may I introduce three friends who have also taken very good care of Jean? Mr. Barlow, no, did, Mr. Dunlap, and did Speed Gibson, Mr. Hi, Barlow's Mr. nephew. Mr. Gibson. And uh, may I introduce my friend, Mr. Kwan Mu? I am very pleased to make your acquaintance. I trust that your stay in China will be most happy. Well, thank you. Daddy, Speed saved me from drowning in Honolulu. Is that so? Well, good heavens, then, young man. I'm doubly happy to meet you. And uh, I'd like to talk to you further. Will you all dine with me tonight? You bet, Dr. Kingsley. I've got my mouth all fixed for a swell dish of chop suey. <laughs> well, I'm afraid you won't find much chop suey in China, Mr. Dunlap. Except in cafes catering to tourist trade. You know, uh, chop suey and charmaine are really American inventions, not Chinese. Huh. I'll be darned. It's getting so you can't believe a thing you eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'd better see to our luggage, Barney, and find a good hotel. I'm sure Dr. Kingsley has a lot to talk over with Jean and Marsha. Mr. Barlow, may I direct you to an hotel? Why, why certainly, Mr. Wu. I would suggest the Fowler House. The accommodations are very modern. The service, very fine. Uh, well, thank you. Can we take a rickshaw there, Clint? Yeah, we'll take two rickshaws, Speed. Uh, you and I in one, and Barney and the baggage in the other. And we'll see you this evening, then. Yes. My address is uh, 14 Lang Su Road. It's on the outskirts of the city, but the rickshaw boy will have no trouble finding it. And uh, <clears throat> what time is dinner? At 7. Ah, see you then. Uh, I shall be looking forward to meeting you again tonight. At uh, 14 Lang Su Road, until 7, then. You are going to that hotel now? The Fowler House? I guess so, Mr. Wu. And thanks for telling us about it. Only too glad to be of service, Master Gibson. Well, bye. Goodbye, 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 Doctor. Where did he get that master stuff? Just an old Chinese custom, kid. (laughs) See, we aren't doing so bad getting invited out for supper the first night we arrive. Yeah, that doesn't give us much time to get settled. I also want to contact our Hong Kong operator. Oh, boy. Hey, Rickshaw. Oh, yes, sir. I guess we'll need two of them. And uh, take care of this baggage, too. All right. And now we're going to Fowler House, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll just cruise around until we see a likely-looking hotel. Oh, but why, Clint? Mr. Wu recommended that other place. That's just why we're not going, Speed. Somehow, Mr. Wu impressed me as being a little too anxious to know of our whereabouts for the next few hours. You don't mean the octopus? I don't mean anything, Barney. I'm just not taking any chances. <laughs> Thank you.
This is a swell hotel you picked out, Clint. Away from all the noise, and it's more Chinese than American. Mm, glad you like it, Speed. As Mr. Wu would say, this has all modern accommodations. And uh, I'll add, more safety than the Fowler House. Don't you trust that guy, Clint? I'm not trusting anyone, Bonnie, until they prove themselves trustworthy. Perhaps he's a very kindly Chinese gentleman who really has our best interests at heart. But because we're here as the secret police on the trail of the octopus, we have to watch every word and every move that any stranger makes. So I'd rather neither of you mention before Mr. Wu where we're staying tonight. Okay by me. When do we really start trailing the octopus, Clint? Uh, tomorrow, probably. I'm waiting for a call from the Hong Kong operator now. I couldn't contact him before, so I left word with the switchboard girl downstairs to keep after that number. But after I talk to him, I'll know more about what our first move will be. What about that map that you copied from the one Marsh's brother sent her? Well, I plan to see what I can learn from Dr. Kingsley tonight concerning that approximate neighborhood. However, if Mr. Wu is too much in evidence, that'll have to wait until I can see Jean's father alone. Well, I'll take care of Mr. Wu if you want to talk to Dr. Kingsley alone, Clint. I'll ask him a lot of questions about Hong Kong. Uh, might be a good idea, Speed. We'll see tonight, huh? Uh, what about the bullet plane, Bonnie? The port officials are guarding that. They've been swell to us. Think I'll ask Kingsley who are the best people to make those changes we want. Taking out one of the gas tanks and putting in another seat. There's your call now, I bet, Clint. Hello. Yes? This is Barlow. I'd like some tea delivered. Oh, you have none ready tonight? Perhaps I'd better come to your shop tomorrow to pick out the blend I want. Uh, yes. I'll be there first thing in the morning. What do you want with tea, Clint? <laughs> tea happens to be information speed. That was a member of the International Secret Police I was talking to. He lives in Hong Kong as a tea merchant and also runs a tea house. And a very successful one, too, I may add. He hears many things in that line of business. And all that talk about tea really meant... That he had no information for me tonight. That is, nothing pressing. That we'll have to go to his shop in the morning to lay our plans. Swell. Then we got nothing to do tonight but eat and enjoy ourselves. And we'd better leave now or we'll never reach 14 Lang Su Road by 7. <laughs> Well, then you must be a very important man in China, Dr. Kingsley. Not only as a physician, but as a diplomat. Well, I know and love the Chinese, Mr. Barlow, and I respect them. Needless to say, my race looks upon Dr. Kingsley as a brother. Knowing China as you do, Dr. Kingsley, what have you heard about the octopus? A great deal. But how much is truth and how much is fiction, I can't say. We do know that he's smuggling dope and natives on a wholesale scale. But no one knows how or where. Now, that is why I'm so glad to welcome you as the International Secret Police. And I, China, is most anxious to rid itself of such an evil. Of course, you must understand, Mr. Barlow, that the consulate's office gets merely the whispers concerning this man. But uh, I shall help you in your efforts to find him in whatever way I can. I owe you, I owe Speed Gibson, a debt of gratitude that I can never pay. You see, he saved my daughter's life. You don't owe me a thing, Dr. Kingsley, because if I hadn't pulled Jean out of the water, maybe I never would have met you. <laughs> well, Speed has a lot of admiration for you, Doctor. Well, it's mutual, I assure you, Clint. Your nephew is not only a credit to the secret police, but he has the makings of an extraordinarily fine diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> he can fly, too, Daddy. And he's studying telegraphy, fingerprinting, radio, the art of makeup. Makeup? 
Have you stage aspirations, Speed? No, sir. <laughs> but makeup is very important to the secret police. That is, good makeup. None of that phony stuff detectives used to use. Yes, indeed. Speed was telling me some things about shading and highlights and makeup that surprised me. Yeah, and Clint here can take one look at some fella he wants to resemble and can rebuild his own face so that they look like twins. <laughs> well, that's extraordinary. Well, you'll find a good many interesting characters to study here in Hong Kong, Clint. I think it would test even your ability to copy any of them. Me, maybe, Dr. Kingsley, but not Clint. He's the best man in the secret police at makeup. Why, he's... See, I've been noticing some of the Chinese things you have in this room, Doctor. They're very unusual. Things that we're not used to seeing in the shops in America. Yes, I'm rather proud of my collection. Now, uh, that large Chinese gong over there on the wall, for instance. It's over 1,000 years old. Over a thousand? Well, say, let's hear how it sounds. Well, you'll get the true sound, too. You see, most of these temple gongs are cracked. That is, those which are sold. The perfect ones are kept in the temples. But I was lucky enough to get a perfect one. It is lovely, isn't it? Get it, Speed. I want to hear it. Hmm. Sounds young for its age, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you it was in perfect condition. You see... Hey, Barlow, look out! Oh, hey, you... This knife! Someone threw it through that moon window. It's a dragon knife. Dr. Kingsley, is Clint all right? I can't tell you yet, Speed. You see, sometimes these dragon knives are poisoned. The smuggling activities of that genius of evil, the octopus, have brought Speed Gibson, his uncle, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap, all members of the International Secret Police, to Hong Kong, China, to end the criminal's career once and for all. The boys have been invited to dine with Dr. Kingsley on their first evening in Hong Kong. Clint has planned to ask the doctor what he knows of the neighborhood indicated on the map that Marsha Winfield's brother sent her. Another member of the party rouses his suspicion, however... Mr. Wu, a high-caste Chinese who, in reality, is a member of the Octopus Band. Clint's uncanny intuition holds him silent before the man, and then, while they are all looking at a Chinese gong, a knife flies through the window and Clint, wounded, falls to the floor. We find Speed, Barney, and Mr. Wu anxiously watching as Dr. Kingsley finishes bandaging Clint. There you are, Barlow. How does that feel? Well, as well as any knife wound can feel after a good doctor has taken care of it, Dr. Kingsley. You were lucky. That knife was aimed for your heart. And would have found it if you hadn't shoved me aside. Sure would, Clint. It cuts in the arm just about at your heart level. And I can thank you for saving my life, Doctor. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Master Gibson saved the life of the doctor's small daughter. The doctor saved the life of Mr. Barlow. In the eyes of the Chinese, the debt is paid. I'd give anything to know who did that. My servants are searching the ground. Don't think it'll do much good, Doc. That knife-throwing axe smacks of the octopus, and you never find anybody who'd done anything when the smoke's cleared away. You were near that window when it happened, Barney. Didn't you see anything? Wouldn't I have yipped if I had? I was admiring the window itself, not looking through it. Ah, yes, the Chinese moon window, large and round, so as to let as much of the moonlight in as possible. A charming legend is written about the moon window. If you'll pardon me, Mr. Wu, I'm more interested in the legend about this dragon knife than in that of the moon window right now. Oh, quite so. The dragon knife was once only the property of royalty. The old empress, Su Tsi, born Lan Kui, had several. Her favorite was made of pure gold studded with pink jade and diamonds. Well, the Boxer Rebellion did away with the old empress and her autocracy. Hmm, yes. But the dragon knives live on. 
They are only used on those of high standing. Oh, you take it as a compliment to be punctured with one of those sabers, huh? In a way, yes. It is an honorable death. Well, I don't see anything honorable about a knife being thrown from the dark. I think the octopus and his gang are nothing but a bunch of cowards. You're right, Speed, and if that knife had been poisoned, as they so often are, that scratch on the arm would have been the end of your uncle. It was almost the end of Miss Marcia. She just about fainted when she saw Clint go down. Yeah, it's too bad she and Jean had to see that. You did the right thing and sent him to Jean's room while you bandaged Clint up, Doc. Ah, it's a bad business. I spoke to Miss Winfield about staying on as Jean's governess, but she said that she had business to attend to elsewhere. I don't like to see her going about China alone, not with this octopus organization at work. Yes, it would be better if she stayed here with Jean for the time being. And what are you going to do, Mr. Barlow? Uh, do? In regard to this octopus? Mr. Wu, uh, I haven't the slightest idea. Hmm. I believe the hour is growing late. I had best be going. May I drive you and your friends to your hotel, Mr. Barlow? Uh, no, thank you. I've already arranged with the rickshaw boy to pick us up here, Mr. Wu. Very well. I shall look forward to our meeting again very soon. Well, um, I'll see you to the door, Mr. Wu. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Andrew. What do you think, Clint? I know the octopus isn't wasting any time in trying to get me out of the way. Are you going to cable the chief? No. Not until we talk to our tea merchant tomorrow morning. By the way, why did you tell Wu we had a rickshaw boy calling for us? That's not true, because we didn't know when we'd leave. I told Mr. Wu that because, first, I didn't want him to know at what hotel we were staying. Second, I wanted some time alone with the doctor. And third, we're not going to the hotel tonight. We're going to stay right here. Here? That don't make sense. Mm, more sense than you can get through your thick head, old pal. I've got a hunch that whoever threw that dragon knife is waiting somewhere along the Langsu Road with some other assassins. Suffering wang doodles. She will. Exactly. And now, as soon as the doctor returns, I'm going to show him our map and see if he recognizes any of the streets marked. The octopus isn't wasting any time. Neither will we. Yes, Master. What is your report? I have just come from the home of Dr. Kingsley. The dragon knife failed. Ah, must I do such work myself? Can I not trust my operators anymore? Has this Clint Barlow cast a spell upon them? It was purely fate, Master. Had the doctor not seen the knife and pushed Barlow aside under the floor, your plan would have succeeded. The doctor? Hmm. What of the knife thrower? He and four others are waiting Barlow and the other two in the shadows of Lang Su Road. I asked Barlow if I might drive them to their hotel, but he refused, saying that their car boy was calling later. They will not get past our men. And uh, the Winfield girl? The doctor wanted her to stay on at his home as governess for the child, but she has refused. She said she had business elsewhere. I will not tolerate her interference. I know what men will do, but women, never. She must be removed. Yes, master. 
But I shall attend to her later. Just now, since you have brought me so much information, Kwan Wu, I shall retaliate. The octopus should tell you some things you do not appear to know. I listen, master. I have information that Clint Barlow, Speed Gibson, and Barney Dunlap are not staying at Fowler House as you thought. No, but they led me to think that they would. May I remind you, Wu, that you are not dealing with ordinary detectives. The International Secret Police do not take kindly to suggestions from strangers. I begin to understand. They are staying at the Golden Lotus. The Golden Lotus? I have sent operators to the hotel to await their coming. But this does not satisfy me. I know Clint Barlow too well to think that he is missing anything that is going on. What do you mean, Master? As you know, that shipment of slaves from Hong Chao is coming down the Siang River tomorrow night. I want nothing to interfere with their transfer to the freighter here at Hong Kong. Nothing will, Master. They are coming on a flower boat. No one will dream, seeing dancing girls and blossoms above, that slaves are below the deck. Perhaps. But I will make sure that no one will dream anything. Not only will my men go to the Golden Lotus tonight, but await the coming of the secret police. But I am sending some to Dr. Kingsley's home, just in case Barlow decides to spend the night there. Gee, I've looked so long at that map that I don't know if it's a map of Hong Kong or New York. Well, I think we've done about all we can on it, Mr. Barlow. The street names that I've listed for you are mostly guesswork, but then, of course, sometimes a guess turns out to be right. Uh, yes, I appreciate your help, Doctor, and I must ask you to keep silent about what we've just discussed. Well, of course. How's your arm? Oh, it aches a bit, but that's only natural. It won't keep you awake, will it, Clint? I should say not. We've had a big day today. Nothing short of the house falling down could wake me up. Uh, don't say that too loud. You might give the octopus ideas. <laughs> well, I, I believe you're as safe here as you would be any place. The octopus couldn't possibly know that you've decided to spend the night here. Well, we're very grateful to you for allowing us to stay, Doctor. Well, on the other hand, it is I who am grateful. Your presence guarantees the safety of my daughter, Miss Winfield. Oh, oh, well, let's put that map away and get some shut-eye, huh? I'm out on my feet. Me too. You want this map of the city, too, Barney? Yeah, if I can have it, Doc. By all means. I'll uh, show you to your rooms now. Oh, thank you. Oh, by the way, Doctor, have you any sort of protection around this house? Uh, burglar alarms or something similar? No, I haven't, Barlow. I never felt any need for them. Just me and the servants here. Yeah, but now your daughter is here, too. Yeah, Doc, so long as this octopus guy's around, I wouldn't take any chances. Good heavens, do you think that? Doctor, you're an important man in Hong Kong. You may actually see and speak with the octopus every day. You may be in his way, since you're honest. Has he ever sought to contact you? No. But he may be watching your every move. His eyes are those of his spies. If he should ever want you to shut your eyes to something crooked, or want you to do something for him, he may force you to bow to his will through your daughter. Why, he wouldn't dare. I'm in the diplomatic service. I have full protection from the government, and the added protection of being an American citizen. The octopus recognizes no boundaries, Dr. Kingsley. The world is his chessboard, and those who stand in his way are pawns and kings to be moved as he wishes. Yeah, but his game is a lot rougher than chess. Hey, where are you going, Speed? Just over here to the moon window, Barney. I want to take another look at it. Oh, oh, look at it tomorrow, kid. Let's go to bed now. If I stay up much longer, I'll fall asleep right here. Okay, just a second. Your arm isn't bothering you any, Clint, is it? Oh, no. Feels great, Doctor. <laughs> Clint and me look like we're fresh out of the hospital. Him with his arm bandaged and me with a black eye. If I hadn't had my credential papers in order, they never would have let me land at any of the ports. 
Said I look like a desperate character. Good <laughs> <laughs> morning. What is this, Steve? There's someone prowling around in the garden. I could just make out three guys, and I think they're more. Someone in the garden? Would they be your servants, Doc? Why, no. They were in the garden searching for Clint's assailant. But uh, they came in some time ago. You didn't let on you'd seen anything, did you, Speed? No. I pretended to be looking at the window itself and not out in the garden. Good boy. Now, Doctor, let us act as we normally would under the circumstances. Keep on laughing and talking. Switch off the lights as if you were about to show us to our rooms. We must pretend that we don't know we're being watched. But why? Who can that be in the garden? The octopus gang. Doctor, your house is surrounded. In the previous episode, Speed Gibson, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap of the International Secret Police arrived in Hong Kong, China, hot on the trail of their quarry, the octopus. While at dinner that evening with Dr. Kingsley, father of little Jean, Clint had planned to ask his aid in deciphering the map Marsha Winfield's brother sent her just before his mysterious disappearance, the map describing the octopus headquarters. But Clint does not quite trust another guest, Mr. Wu, high in diplomatic circles, who, unknown to anyone is a member of the octopus gang. Later that night, a knife is hurled through the window, barely missing Clint's heart. Mr. Wu leaves as the doctor is dressing Barlow's wound and lets the octopus know that the knife attack has failed. Accordingly, the criminal sends more assassins to ambush the doctor's home, and as they enter the Kingsley Garden, Speed happens to see them from the window. Clint warns everyone to act normally, and the lights are turned off, as if the doctor were going to show the boys to their rooms for the night. Now, with the lights out, we can safely look out into the garden without the octopus men seeing us. See, Clint? There are two of them over by that willow tree. You can just make them out. Good heavens, Clint. Isn't there some way to ward off this... this ambush? Of course, it, it isn't that I'm afraid. I'm thinking of Jean and Miss Winfield. Yes, yes, I know, Dr. Kingsley. Yeah, if it wasn't for them, we could maybe rush that gang of rats and take them alive and kick them. No, no, no need for such tactics, Barney. Where's your telephone, Doctor? It's by the Chinese gong. Can you see enough to get over there? Yes, I have a good reason to remember that spot. Oh, Speed, you and Barney stay here by the window and let me know what's happening out there. But don't let them see you. Okay, Clint. They won't see a whisker. Hey, uh, what can I do, Clint? Uh, go upstairs, Doctor, to our rooms and switch on the light, as if you were making us comfortable. Uh, they can't see into the room from the garden, can they? No, not at all. Uh, good. Now, that light will attract their attention from this room, too. They'll be less secretive in their movements. Will you go upstairs now while I put in a call for the police? We'll keep watch from this window, Clint. And hurry with that phone call, fella. Uh, don't you think that I should rouse the servants too, Clint? No, no, don't do that. That would just cause more confusion. They'd be of little use against such men as those in the garden. We might be able to hold them off, but with Jean and Marcia in the house, I, I'd rather not take any chances. Well, the police will take care of them. But we'll just keep our guns handy in case some well, we come to a showdown. Oh, Here's the phone. Huh? Oh, listen. I'll turn on those lights, and I'll hurry right back. Hey, two more men just came into the garden, Clint. You okay, Speed? Hello? Uh, get me the Hong Kong police. Yes. Have they come any closer to the house yet, Speed? No. I think they're waiting for everyone to get into the garden. I must have spotted them just as they began to come in. And they're still hiding behind the bushes and trees. Kid... You got eyes like an owl. If you hadn't lamped them guys in the beginning and showed me where to look, I'd never see them. Hello, Hong Kong police. I'll send a detail of men to Dr. Kingsley's residence immediately. Yes, it's 14 Lang Su Road. That's right. 
and have them come quietly and well armed. Yes, there's several prowlers are out in the garden. You come right away? That's fine. Wonder how far away we are from the police station. It's only about five minutes from here. I saw it on the way coming up. But what gets me is, how did the octopus know we were staying here? Yes, that's just what I'd like to know, too. But right now, we can't do anything but wait for the police and watch. Wait and watch. Watch, we've been watching and waiting for ten minutes, and nothing's happened yet. Except those guys are beginning to close in. Oh, why don't the police arrive? Well, they'll get here all right, Doctor. We'll keep our guns handy just in case. Look, fellas, isn't that something moving over by the wall? Kid, you've got eyes like an owl. I don't see a thing. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. And I think it's the police. The octopus gang don't see him yet. They're watching the house too close. Gee, this is like watching a play, isn't it? Yeah. And it's all right so long as we don't have to take part in it. My George, the police are surrounding them. The only way they can escape is by coming through this house, and we can stop that. By shooting? No. By leaving the lower floor of the house in absolute darkness. They'll be afraid of an ambush when the fireworks start and try to fight their way through the police lines. Hey, it's starting now. They've spotted the police. Too late. They've got him surrounded. Oh, they're starting to run this way. No. No, they're stopping, like you said, Barlow. They're going to try and fight their way out. Hey, everybody. Everybody keep down. Just in case a stray bullet comes up here. Can't we go out and help the police, Clint? No, no, Speed. We have bigger fish to catch. Can't risk injury from the small fry. Yeah, especially you with a knife wound in your arm already. Ain't that enough for one night, Speed? Oh, I didn't mean for Clint to go, Barney. But you and me... No, thanks. I have to take plenty of chances, so I'm not going out of my way looking for him. Nothing like sitting in a nice, comfortable house, says I. Oh, look. Look, they've captured the intruders. Every one of them. Daddy, Daddy, what's all the noise about? Gene, I'll open the door. Uh, switch on the light, Speed. It's safe now. Okay. Are you all right? Yes, yes, Jean, honey. Everything's all right we heard now. We shooting. Some friends of the octopus was planning a surprise party for us, Marsha. But we surprised them first by calling the police. Well, thank heaven none of you were hurt. How's your arm, Clint? Well, to tell the truth, I, I forgot all about it in the excitement, Marsha. I'll tell you, I'll not tolerate this. The octopus must be captured. That's exactly what we're here for, Doc. But we got a lot to do before we can capture that guy. Yeah, and first thing to do was to go and talk to the police and the fellas they've captured. Maybe we can learn something from them. Uh, I doubt it, Speed. You know how close Ma they are from past experience. Except in Splinters, huh? He was the only one who was going to talk, and then they stopped him. Uh, we'll see the police anyhow, and as long as they're here, they can escort us to our hotel. Well, we won't prevail on your hospitality any longer, Dr. Kingsley. Why? You're only too welcome, Barlow. Well, I know, but our presence seems to attract unpleasant attention, so... I believe it would be better for your household if we return to our hotel. We want to be out the first thing in the morning anyhow. And we'll tell the chief of police to keep a guard here for the rest of the night, just in case anything else should happen, well, Doc. I'll be very grateful. Will we see you tomorrow, Speed? I don't know, Gene. Depends on what Clint wants to do. Mm. Oh, <laughs> you bet we'll see you, Gene. I'll tell you what. After our business in the morning, uh, how would you and Marcia and your father all like to explore Hong Kong, huh? Going to some of the bazaars? Oh, I'd love it. Can we, Daddy? <laughs> well, I, I don't know why not. It's a date, then. 
Now, for our midnight callers and then to sweet repose in our hotel. I hope. since we left Alameda. <laughs> well, that's what you get for being in the international secret police, my boy. I'll put on the light. Hey, what's going on in here? A cyclone? Our room's been ransacked. Hmm? Why, yes, it has. The octopus isn't overlooking any bets. Come on, let's see what's missing. Can't be anything really important because we have the key to the secret police code and Miss Marsh's map copy with us. Haven't spotted anything yet, but they sure messed things up. Look at my shirt. <laughs> well, don't worry, Barty. You know what the Chinese laundries can do to a shirt in America? And we're actually in China now. You're telling me? Looks like they gave them a rough try. Oh, see, look. Look, here's something on the floor. What is it, Clint? It's a small piece of green stone. Uh, I believe it's jade. Looks like the stone from a ring, don't it? Mm-hmm. Say, does this look familiar to you? No. It's carved, isn't it? Yes, it's a good piece of jade, and I've seen it, or something exactly like it before. Where? I don't know, but I'll remember eventually. Well, what then, Clint? Well, then we'll have definite proof that whoever lost this is in the band of the octopus. We know that already. Else he wouldn't have ransacked our room. Yes, but we've talked to this person very recently. Suffering wangdoodles. Maybe we've talked to the octopus himself. Yeah, I doubt that, but to someone very close to him. Someone who is high in society, who is received everywhere. Someone who is more dangerous than all of the thugs and strong-arm men of the gang. I'll feel a lot better when we can talk to our Hong Kong operator oh, and... The... Easy, easy, Speed. Now, no details. Uh-huh. What's wrong, Clint? These walls may have ears. You know, ever since we came in here, I've been feeling eyes on me. We'd better... You mean whoever came here while we were at the doctor's might still be here? Why not? No, no, Bonnie. They'd have slugged as we came in if they'd stayed. I don't know about that. Look, look, look that closet door is open. Huh? It is. Stand to one side. I got him covered. Come out, whoever you are, before I blow you out. The door's opening more. Come out, I say. If you know what's good for you. <laughs> it's a cat. Kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> a cat. Oh, nice no, kitty. I'm scared. <laughs> well, I don't wonder. Oh, come out. Come out before I blow you out. Oh, I'm going to bed. You guys think it's so funny? Sit up and laugh all night. But you'll be sorry if that cat turns out to be working for the octopus. <laughs> Speed Gibson, Clint Barlow, his uncle and ace operator of the International Secret Police, and Barney Dunlap, Clint's aide, have come to Hong Kong, China, determined to end the criminal career of the notorious bad man, the octopus. During the trip over on the China Clipper, the boys became acquainted with Marsha Winfield, who is also looking for the octopus, since she holds him and his organization directly responsible for the disappearance of her brother two years previously. 
For a guide, she has a barely legible map that her brother sent her in a last letter indicating the headquarters of the evil band. Clint has made a copy of this. And now, on the morning of their second day in China, we find Speed, Clint, and Barney entering a tiny tea shop combined with a tea room. They seat themselves at one of the tables. Say, listen to that music. Is that Chinese swing time, Clint? <laughs> I guess so, Steve. How come they have an orchestra playing at 9 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> well, you forget you're living in a modern age, my friend. That music comes from a record. <laughs> and it can go back there for all I care. <laughs> so wait a second. Let's listen to it. They got the gong. <laughs> Serves them right. Oh, we can't kick, Barney. American jazz probably sounds just as bad to the Chinese as their music does to us. <laughs> no, Speed. Jazz is very popular over here in the nightclub. Oh, but uh, here comes the owner of the tea house. We better decide what we'll order. <clears throat> well, you want a Chinese breakfast, Speed? Mm, no. Not after the bacon and eggs I had at seven. I'll just have a glass of milk. Wouldn't you know he'd come to a tea house to order milk? <laughs> he couldn't order anything better. And since you're such an authority on tea houses, Barney One Long Hop, <laughs> what are you having? Knowing what these breakfasts are made up of, I'll just have tea. And what do you mean, One Long Hop? Oh, huh? should I have said uh, One Loud Noise? <laughs> <laughs> See, what is this? A tea house, gentlemen. Uh, will you be pleased to order? <laughs> <laughs> well, all your questions are answered, Barney. It's a plot. I'm always the fall guy, even in China. Is anything wrong, gentlemen? <laughs> no, no, just this guy. Let's see now. Uh, one glass of milk and two pots of tea, please. Oh, you might bring some of those rice cakes with the fortunes in them. Oh, yeah. I like those things. Very well. And uh, what kind of tea would you gentlemen prefer? Well, what kind have you got? Many kinds. Uh, perhaps you would like to choose for yourself. Say, that would be interesting. Uh, wouldn't you like to see the storeroom, Speed? You bet. I want to see everything I can while I'm in China. If you will be pleased to follow me, then. My, certainly. You do a pretty good business for so early in the morning, my friend. Why, yes. I do good business all morning. Most of my countrymen have breakfast at uh, 11 o'clock, but uh, many tourists come early, like you. Kind of dark back here, isn't it? Well, it's not much farther to the tea storeroom, young gentleman. One good thing about this, we're getting out of hearing distance of that music. Well, here we are now. Uh, will you be pleased to go through this door? Mmm, sure smells good in here. Mm, that's the fragrance of the tea leaves, Speed. Hey, look. This case is marked chrysanthemum tea. They drink flowers over here. Well, now this is better. Well, it's good to be able to talk to you in person, Ying. Why, well, yes, I was sorry I could not meet you when you arrived on the clipper yesterday. I was out on urgent business. Who is the boy? Oh, it's my nephew, Speed Gibson. And just before we left, Chief Riley swore him into the International Secret Police. Speed, this is your fellow operator, Lee Ying, our Hong Kong representative. Very happy to meet you, my young friend. And it's uh, good to see you again, Barney. Last time we met was in San Francisco, one of your New Year's celebrations. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, but we're not over here for any celebrating now, Lee Ying. No. Uh, how did you hurt your arm, Clint? <laughs> the calling card from the octopus, Ying. A dragon knife was thrown at my heart. It got me in the arm. Oh, a dragon knife? 
Uh, very fortunate it missed. I'll say. The blade looked a foot long. Uh, just a flesh wound, though. Dr. Kingsley fixed me up right away. Dr. Kingsley. Oh, yes, we can count him on our side. Mm, I was sure of that, but I'm glad you're verifying it. While we were there last night, somebody ransacked our room at the Golden Lotus Hotel. Oh. The octopus is most anxious to get you all out of the way. He would give a great deal to find the key to your code, too. Of course, you'll realize that every message you send is carefully read by him. The once the Mademoiselle Fifi at the hat box, too? He knows that Fifi is Chief Riley, just as he knew you to be the secret police in spite of your disguises. But he cannot decipher your code, uh, our code. That is the one thing we can keep from him. Uh, what have your men found out since the last information you sent Chief Riley, Ying? Very little. He has been particularly careful since he learned that you, Clint, had been sent out after him. You are the one man in all the world he fears. I hope to make that fear a reality. I'm out to get him. It's the last thing I do. Oh, yes, but you will have to walk carefully. The octopus is very powerful here in China. In all of China. Even as far as Tibet and Mongolia. Tibet? Wasn't that where that oil company that Marsh's brother was engineering for was going to operate, Clint? Uh, yes. Uh, have you ever heard the name uh, Winfield, Ying? Winfield? No. No, no, but uh, you say he was an engineer with an oil company that was going to operate in Tibet? Yeah. He was in charge of the surveying or something like that. I remember such a company. They uh, started operations about three years ago. Yeah, what became of them? They failed. I do not know why, for they had plenty of capital to start with and were going to uh, go ahead fast, it seemed, when suddenly they shut their doors. And the octopus is powerful in Tibet? Oh, very. I think I smell a rat. Very much of a rat. Evidently, the octopus is not confining himself to smuggling alone, but dabbles in oil development as well. I bet he kidnapped Miss Marsh's brother and is making him work for him on that oil stuff. Very probably. But what's the business at hand, Ying? Uh, we'd better not stay in here. Your customers will wonder why. And if an octopus spies among them, he'll suspect something. They're not wise that you're a member of the secret police, Ying? Oh, by the honor of my ancestors, no. They think me a very simple tea merchant. That is why I know they are smuggling slaves tonight in a flower boat down the Siang River. What's that? The Siang River? Yes, I heard two of the band speaking of it over their tea. The boat is due at nine. If you will dine here tonight, I will supply you Chinese clothes so that you can mingle with the crowd at the dock unnoticed. Yes, and I can put a Chinese makeup on myself, Speed and Barney, to make doubly sure. Be here at seven. The others will also have gathered here at that time. How many men are going tonight, Ying? Ten, besides ourselves. Yes, uh, ten good men. That will be enough. Any police? I believe it's best that the Hong Kong police know nothing of this until we turn our prisoners in at the station. By secrecy, we might be led to the octopus himself. You're right, Ying. We'll be here at seven, ready to go. And uh, now let's go back out in the front of the store. Oh, wait a minute, Clint. What brand of tea did you choose? Uh, what's that? Well, that's why you were supposed to come here in the first place, wasn't it? To choose your tea? <laughs> Oh, the kids got you, Clint. <laughs> well, that's a nice work, Speed. You've got a good memory for small but important detail. Oh, just pick up a package of that uh, oolong and then we'll be safe. Okay, I've got it. Hmm, the music stopped. Must be changing the record. Well, I uh, hope that this oolong lives up to its reputation. It will, gentlemen. Oolong is one of the best teas I have. 
And don't forget my milk, will you? No, young gentleman. If you will go over to your table now and make yourselves comfortable, I will prepare the tea. If you want to make us real happy, don't play any more of that music. Oh, now listen, after all, Mug, we're not the only people in this tea house. Maybe some of the other customers would like to hear that melody. Yeah, sure. Some more have come in since we went to pick out your tea, Clint. Well, here's our table. Looks like we got our fortune cakes already. Three little rice cakes. Oh, swell. Now sit down. Yeah, sure, why not? Let's open the rice cakes, huh? <laughs> All right. Help pass the time while we're waiting for our order. <laughs> hey, listen to mine. You will have success as you desire. That's all right, kid. Let's see what my fortune is. <laughs> this is a hot one. Find a good partner and you will succeed. That lets you out, Clint, old boy, old boy. Oh, yeah? Well, if that's the way you feel about me, tell that rice cake to pay the check. Hey, I haven't said a word. <laughs> What's your fortune? <laughs> Let's see now. Hold on. There's something up. What, Clint? This isn't a regular rice cake fortune. Listen to what it says. Telephone Dr. Kingsley's house and learn what has happened to your friend, Marsha Winfield. The octopus. Somebody slipped a phony rice cake in with these other two. Somebody right here in this tea house. That's why they were waiting on our table. They must have followed us here. Quick, where's the phone? Right here. Have they pulled any rough stuff with that girl? Take it easy, fella. Oh, hello. Hello, operator. Get me uh, Dr. Kingsley's home. It's 14 Langsue Road. Right away. Uh, yes, yes, I'll wait. Is there any sort of a name on that note, Clint? Sign in it, I mean? No, there's another thing. Uh, oh, hello. Hello. Let me speak, speak to the doctor, please. Oh, is this you, doctor? Clint Marlowe speaking. Uh, what's that? She has. We'll be right over. Yes, goodbye, sir. What's up? Marsha's disappeared. Kidnapped? Yeah, it looks that way. They discovered her absence when she didn't come down for breakfast. They've been trying to reach us at the hotel. Come on, boys. We've got to find that girl. This is the Dr. Harold Miniature and Collectibles paid read. Is that what we're calling it? Okay, here we go. One, two, three, Dr. Harold, noted professor of collectibles with a PhD in Funko, has gathered the best of the best collections and collectibles in one online store. For the collector, Dr. Harold has action figures from McFarlane, Mezco, NECA, Marvel, DC, Bandai, and Ninja Turtles, plus Pokemon cards, retro toys, Dragon Ball Z, 
G.I. Joe, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Power Rangers, Strange Things, Rick and Morty, Transformers, Magic the Gathering, John Wick, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones. <gasps> oh boy, that's a lot. Also, board games, card games, and for those mystically inclined, tarot cards. DrHerald.MyShopify.com That's DrHerald.MyShopify.com Dr. Harold played varsity for the University of Retail Therapy, so he knows what sports fans want. Bobbleheads, Panini baseball cards, and collectibles for the NFL, the NBA, and the soccer leagues. Just just go now. DrHerald.MyShopify.com DrHerald.MyShopify.com You're going to love that new stuff is added all the time. So the treasure hunt for you can continue. Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles online. DrHerald.MyShopify.com 